areas got two or three tenths. Some areas got four inches. It just depends on what clouds you run. You're right down the road this year, you see a lot of beans that haven't canopied. And so there's going to be escape weeds. Forage production dinged last year and it's it's dinged again this year. Not to just keep talking about rain, but after six weeks of nothing, it makes everybody a lot happier. Welcome to the MFA Made for Agriculture podcast. Here are your hosts, Adam Jones and Cameron Horine. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Made for Agriculture podcast. My name is Adam Jones. And I'm Cameron Horine. All right. And this morning we're back doing our uh, our in-season insights with our agronomists from across the state. So um, we've tried to record one of these episodes every couple of weeks. Just let these guys let you give you an update on what's going on in the countryside. I think that's some pretty valuable information. So just in case, not sure when everybody's going to get a chance to listen to this, but uh, we were recording this on Friday uh, at 6.30 in the morning on uh, July 14th. So uh, we are Friday, July 14th, just in case you're listening to this from two months from now and what these guys are saying doesn't make any sense. (laughs) But we'll try to get these episodes dropped uh, pretty quickly. That way uh, they go out fast and everybody can kind of get some really nice, timely information. So I think the way we're going to do it this time is we're going to go through every one of them, let them all give a quick little update about what's going on in their area. And then if Cameron and I have any questions along the way or at the end, um, we'll kind of kick those in there as well. So we're going to start off this week with uh, Retail North and Kevin Moore. So Kevin, what have you been seeing out there? Uh, good morning. Well, I'm going to start with corn. Uh, we, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we did talk about tar spot and we are, uh, we are finding more and more of it. It is not, fortunately, it's, when I say we're finding more and more of it, it, it seems to just kind of be, in the areas that we already that we already knew about that had been reported we'd uh did start finding some in schuyler county um and then more more in holt county and i think more has been found in in marion county but at least in the crop track program we haven't uh found found much outside of those areas but we continue to watch that every week and um make recommendations accordingly but we're still our recommendation is to put that fungicide on between VT and R2 for best results for um, prevention of that disease. Um, Also in corn, we've uh, been getting a lot of reports of Japanese beetles um, clipping silks. And a a lot of those cases, um, the corn is already pollinated when, when we see that, uh, when we see those silks clipped off. So generally, um, you know, while corn is trying to pollinate, uh, the silks will keep growing until they get pollen. So after it's pollinated, um, they'll stop growing. And that's, that's kind of where we'll see ears without silks. So the best way to check is to carefully peel the husks back and kind of shake it a little bit. And if the silks fall off, that means the every every kernel potential kernel where the silk fell off has pollen so if there's still silks attached those have not received pollen so if we have a lot of silks attached and then we have japanese beetles clipping them off um, faster than they can grow then that that could be a situation that would warrant um putting an insecticide on but it's very important um in corn to kind of check and see where pollination is before we make any make any decisions on an insecticide 
Um, would hate to see an application made after, you know, after the corn's already pollinated and it's not going to do us any good. But uh, that's one one thing I wanted to mention as well in corn. Um, in soybeans, we are starting to see a lot more diseases show up. Um, now that we've had some rains in some areas um, and a lot of times heavy rains um, where, where we've had some water sitting, we have seen some later season phytophthora kill off some beans. Also seeing some more common diseases um, such as septoria and downy mildew, which those are diseases we typically see every year. But as it's been dry, we we hadn't um, really seen seen those until it started uh, started getting some rains. So, um, anyways, some some of those types of things are showing up, and uh, which as far as septoria and downy mildew goes, those diseases in, in themselves don't really cause a whole lot of yield loss. But when we when we have a bunch of those diseases together, um, those those are one of the reasons that we'll spray that fungicide at R3. But those are those are kind of the highlights for the week anyways. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Kevin. So I do have one question after yours, just because you talked a little bit about fungicide timing in, in corn. Um, one question I, I heard or, or saw uh, asked this week was uh, on those uh, cornfields that are somewhat uneven this year as far as, as getting to VT, um, just because of the dry weather and whatnot. Um, from a fungicide standpoint there, uh, what's your recommendation? Would you wait until the entire field is at VT, whereas the first part of that field, you know, maybe pushing that R1, R2 stage, or would you spray it the first time you see tassels? Kind of what, what's your thought there? Well, that's, that's probably going to depend on each situation, but if, if we have, if you have an uneven field and we do have some corn um, in there getting, getting towards the end of that R2 stage, uh, it, and we have some corn that's not tasseled yet. I I'd, I'd kind of want to see those, you know, percentages um, and all that. Try to try to hit a happy medium. Uh, ideally, we'd want, um, you know, all of the tassels out, and that might not always be the case. If we have have a field that's, um, you know, extremely uneven, when we have some, where we have some corn that's, um, you know, at the end of that R two stage, um, when we're trying starting to enter that milk stage, and still some still a lot of corn that does not have tassels um we we may try to we may want to hit the middle when the majority of the field has tassels but we we do need to keep in mind that if if we have a field that's not fully tasseled that we feel like still needs a fungicide on it we do need to leave those surfactants out um gotcha. we, we in the past we have have seen some seen some issues uh, related to adding surfactants um, to corn that does that is not tasseled so that's something to keep in mind but it, it would it would probably be on a case-by-case -case basis depending on how uneven that field is and we we'll try to hit we want we want to hit the make sure the majority of each field is in an optimum uh, optimum application window gotcha thanks for that kevin appreciate it so next up, we've got Scott Wilburn. Scott Wilburn covers uh, Retail Central for uh, for MFA, so that'd be kind of the I-70 corridor. So Scott, what have you been seeing this week? 
a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, the one consistent thing this year has been the, uh, you know, when we get a rain, uh, boy, it's just very local. Um, you know, we just, nothing has been anywhere widespread. Um, you know, we got about an inch and a third um, yesterday, first rain we've seen around home for uh, probably a month or so. Um, neighbor to the north of us, we're right at the edge of town, but about five minutes away of a drive, you know, they've four tenths less. Um, as I talked around to people in the area um, yesterday morning, <clears throat> excuse me, same situation. I mean, you know, inch and six tenths at this place, four tenths at this place, you know, just, you know, half a mile down the road, just crazy. Um, so because of that, I mean, we've just got all conditions, um, you know, starting on the positive and I'm not going to call any of them out, but we've got a couple, I won't even call them areas. I just almost call them neighborhoods where they've caught every rain that's come through. And, uh, you know, I talked to one MFA manager yesterday, he's lining up fungicide saying that they're looking at one of their best crops ever. Um, but you know, it's in a, it's in a pocket that's just kind of caught it from every which direction and, uh, just been very, very fortunate. We obviously have a lot of the other end of the spectrum where they haven't caught anything. Um, you know, places that, that, I mean, I wrote about it in my articles, uh, you know, already three weeks ago that were just looking very, very dire. Um, so we're still managing corn in a lot of cases. We've got some crop that, that looks pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of it that looks uh, a lot better than we would expect. Um, but uh, we're just really managing them on, on a field to field basis. Uh, there's still uh, still some fungicide going on in places and, and managing uh, insects as well. Um, but then we're also getting some questions about, about, you know, nitrate levels and safe way to chop corn and feed it. Um, you know, obviously the, the hay situations um, exacerbating some of that and, um, you know, driving some of those questions. Um, so a little bit of everything on the corn side. Um, give a quick disease update. Kind of like Kevin said, um, tar spots being discovered in a few places. Um, one of our uh, uh, cams out in uh, the Ellsbury area found some here about a week ago that was confirmed. Um, we had a uh, Todd Myers out there had a uh, uh, alert come out. I, I don't know that we had anything to do with this one, but one popped up in Lafayette County um, here just a few days ago. I know of one being. Um, looked at right now in in my county of Aldrain, my home county, I should say. Um, so they're starting to kind of pop up um, throughout the uh, throughout the region. Um, like Kevin said, I don't know that we're finding a huge amount of it in our in our crop track track program. Um, we've had uh, you know there have been several tests that have went in that have ended up being negative um, that folks have had. Um, but you know people are looking for it at least, and that's a you know I think that's a good thing. Um, we're still trying to gauge what the heck this disease is going to do to us in this area. Um, so we're watching that. Um, moving on to soybeans, um, similar situation. You know, we've got some stuff that looks really great and some stuff that looks pretty tough. Uh, you know, to the extreme tough end, I was down south a couple of days ago looking at beans that were, uh, you know, they were they were decent sized beans, 12, 15 inches tall, and you could still see fertilizer on the ground from where they spread fertilizer right before planting. Um, pretty extreme. Um, but we are uh, we've, we've discussed this a little bit for the last couple of weeks with the early planting and and probably the stress. Also, we, we had a lot of beans enter 
enter reproductive stages a little early than earlier than what we're used to. I think it's something that's that's going to become very common for us as we move more and more into early planted beans if future seasons allow. But uh, we've got a lot of beans that have, that have technically R3 for break. Uh, we generally pull trigger on fungicide at the front end of that, but usually that's at the tail end of July. So uh, we've held our kept our powder dry for the last couple of weeks, but we're starting to turn loose fields for fungicide. Um, fungicide and insecticide. As we do that, we're having to, to, to make some calls also because of spider mites that are in pockets in a lot of areas. Um, you know, we don't want to use just a traditional pyrethroid. We're either needing to use something like bifenthrin or uh, in some cases starting to, to get a little bit of interest in Agrimec. It's a Syngenta product. It's more of a miticide and maybe mixing it with one of our pyrethroids. But um, dimethoate's another um, you know, back in the day, it was Saigon. It's it's an option. Also, I don't I don't know that it's really being utilized much, um, but but it does need to be on people's radar. We don't we don't want to go in trying to uh, you know encourage plant health with with fungicide and insecticide and end up blowing up spider mites in the process and causing an issue. So um, doing that, uh, I'd say the last comment that I had to make. Um, well, I looked at some beans yesterday that are strong R4, probably close to R5. And they're still wanting to make a pass of liberty in the list. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to deal with that. I think also as we move into, if we, if we do start planting our beans early, but it's, it's creating some real issues, uh, you know, in a year where, where these beans would have, uh, jumped up and really got to growing canopy quicker, you know, also having better conditions for, for weed control, you know, cause a lot of these are, are weeds that did not die with the first pass. Um, maybe it would be less of an issue, but you know, in the, in the case of this situation, I was, I'm, I don't feel great about going out and spraying and list on those beans, but I feel horrible about going out and spraying Liberty on them. Um, but you know, those are some of the decisions I think that are going to, going to be made as we, as we have weed issues and beans that are a lot further, farther advanced in the reproductive stages. So, um, I think that's all I had. Yeah, Scott, you brought up a good point that I was thinking, I was hoping somebody was going to touch on is, is. You drive down the field, drive down the road this year. You see a lot of beans that haven't canopied, and so there's going to be escape weeds. And having those tough conversations about what are you going, what kind of yield drag are you going to cause in a tough year already if we spray um, either enlist or especially Liberty on those late beans. So, um, so yeah. Yep, I was on my radar too. That was already one of the questions I'd written down for the end. So I appreciate you covering it now, Scott. That's uh, um, something nobody wants to uh, admit to having to do, leaving weeds out there. But it's also gets gets more dangerous. So I'm I'm with you in your in your fear of some of those passes. Um, <clears throat> Shannon, I think you're up next. Um, so Shannon covers retail south for us. So that's uh, southwest Missouri, southeast Kansas. So uh, Shannon, what's going on down there? Yeah, so very similar to what Scott was saying about the sporadic rains. Um, that's That's been true for my area as well. Uh, was that night before last, we caught a pretty good-sized rain for most of the region, but again, it was some areas got two or three tenths, some areas got four inches. It just depended on what clouds you were under. Um, corn, for the most part, has has held its own. Um, even through these drought conditions, we we had good pollination, which is something we didn't have last year. So this time last year when we were looking at drought stress corn, uh, we were looking at a plant that didn't have 
you know, any any kernels on the year at all. And we were trying to make a decision on on silage and we were worried about nitrates this year. We've at least got uh, a good solid ear, but we're again having to make those decisions on if we're going to have to chop for silage or take it to grain. There, you know, this is this is our second year of the drought, and forage production forage production was dinged last year, and it's it's dinged again this year. Um, so there's going to be even more of a demand than what we saw uh, previously, but. You know, there, there's, there's areas that, that really look good, that not going to be any issue. And then there's, I would say the majority of it is we're going to have to make those, those tough decisions, what we're going to do with the crop. Um, corn for us is, is milk stage. So we're a little bit farther ahead than the guys at the north. Disease pressure really has kind of slowed down, mainly because of the dry conditions. Uh, but, but we're starting to see, you know, corn's firing up above the ear leaf, almost up some places up in the upper canopy. So that's that's the majority of what's causing uh, some issues in our corn. Soybeans, you know, we're in that unique area where we've got beans that are emerging to beans that are R3 <laughs> uh, with all the double crop that we have. Our first crop beans, um, even the ones that were planted, you know, first week of June there, most of them are all in the reproductive stages now. Uh, beans range from R1 to R4. Uh, some places have been getting, you know, fungicide and insecticide applications. One thing that I've been taking note is we've been seeing a lot of corn earworm show up in cornfields, and I, it would, it's just a matter of time before they move on. As the corn matures, they'll move on to the beans, and I'm expecting in two to three weeks we'll start seeing uh, podworm outbreak in the soybeans. Double crop beans, um, the big thing we've been focused on this week has been uh, stand assessments. Uh, with the there's been a few things that have led to uh, less than desirable stands, you know, lack of moisture being one of them. Um, and then seed placement and the method of planting has also led to some to some issues. Uh, a lot of guys, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in favor too. I'm not trying to knock anything, but, you know, drilled beans this year just haven't haven't had the stands that we that we'd like to see. Uh, you know, generally we want to get we want to be able to drill those beans to be able to close that canopy faster since we're planting a little later in the season. Uh, but with the lack of moisture, just have not been getting that seed placement that we needed, that depth that we need to get to moisture. Um, and it's led to led to quite a few uh, replant decisions. Um, with the rain we got this week, I, I'm not seeing any issues going forward on getting a, getting a solid stand. It's just uh, just something we've been seeing this this week. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, thanks for that, Shannon. Um, it's a good update. And uh, last but not least, we will head down to retail Southeast, which is the boot heel or, you know, South of St. Louis for us. So Jesse, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, no, we've been blessed with some rain. Uh, I think, I don't know if we're getting more than anybody else, but I'd say the past two weeks across the board, everybody's got at least an inch, but we got extremes of down in Northeast Arkansas, six, six and a half inches just in the past week, uh, which luckily, we were so dry that that six and a half inches really didn't affect much. Uh, just give us a break from water, which a lot of people were happy with. Uh, and in general, these rains have put everybody in a better mood, which has been nice on the retail end. Uh, not so much stress. Everybody's decided this later corn they're going to go ahead and fungicide, going to go ahead and fungicide their beans. And looking like if it'll keep raining, all these later beans will get fungicided. So that's good. Uh, and with, we've had a lot of doing mornings, so I expect 
some diseases to start showing up. I don't know how bad they're going to be when they show up. It's just something we're going to keep an eye on uh, as a whole. Uh, southern rice is still basically nowhere to be found in northeast Arkansas. So I think we're going to be all right there also. Uh, double crop beans with the rains we've got this week, I think, as far as I know, everybody's getting them planted and getting a stand. Uh, so that's been a blessing for them guys because a lot of them waited two and a half, three weeks to plant to try to get a rain so they know they get a stand. Uh, to jump over to my other crops that nobody else has, uh, rice has come along nicely. These rains have really helped guys with uh, keeping a flood or their row rice, keeping it watered, keeping it up. Uh, there's a lot of fields on the top end where we couldn't get water across the middles. It wouldn't soak up just because we were so hot and dry. And in them cases, you get irrigation uh, where the irrigation water is, we're taking up nitrogen and nutrients and where the middles were not. So just the crop kind of looked ugly and these rains kind of got it looking better, which is a blessing. Uh, I'd say in the next week or so, we'll start seeing rice head. Uh, so the big watch out there will be stink bugs. Uh, and then speaking of bugs, uh, we ain't had no major bugs in uh, corner beans, but in the beans we have had just enough, a little bit of everything to make you mad. So we're making sure we're using good insecticides with our fungicide passes to clean up whatever's out there so we don't have problems later. Uh, cotton, uh, right before we started getting all these rains, all these scouts started turning loose on cotton irrigation and everybody was running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Uh, and now that it started raining, a lot of this cotton is looking a whole lot better and turning the corner. And as a whole, I think everybody's happier with this rain. Not to just keep talking about rain, but after six weeks of nothing, it makes everybody a lot happier. Yeah, I'm with you, Jesse. That 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 turnaround in uh, in a, at least uh, end goal, hitting end goal, you know, for for some of this crop is uh, is is definitely something positive. So yeah, rain can fix a lot of problems that that you can run around and uh make yourself go crazy over for sure so yeah. appreciate that um guys what we miss i every question i had kind of had written down ahead of time um one of you at least one of you guys kind of covered in your weekly update so um anything else we need to cover before we cut it off here i was curious from kevin um you've had a couple of weeks to assess after the big windstorm from up north what what was kind of the percentage of green snap what came back uh, how things look up there yeah that that is something we talked about a couple of weeks ago and about, about everything you know is it was kind of as we expected kind of you know goosenecked back up um at least to the point where you know the ears and the tassels are upright and the, that corn's getting pollen it there's going to be a lot of it's going to be a be a pain to combine for sure um, but it, fortunately, most of the corn that went down was, um, you know, before the tassels were all the way out and we did have a little stem growth, um, the, to happen, um, yet at that time. So, you know, as that stem finished elongating, it was able to kind of stand back up enough to where at least, at least with the majority of it, we could have successful pollination. Um, as far as the green snap 
went there there was some isolated cases here and there but i i have not received very many reports of, at all on on green snap out of that deal so um i i think it it was it turned out about what i expected you know not a not a perfect situation especially with uh you know a lot of corn kind of kind of tangled up and goosenecked and come harvest time there'll be some there'll be some headaches i'm sure but uh but it, on the bright side i i think i mean there'll be grain to get it's just a matter of getting it yeah good stuff thanks kevin on top of that what else you guys got anything for the week all right not seeing anything i appreciate you guys jumping on here first thing in the morning again and giving everybody a little update um we will meet back up in two weeks and, and go through everything again. I'm sure everything will have changed uh, between now and then it, it typically does. So um, thanks, Kevin, Scott, Shannon, Jesse, Cameron. Thanks. Thanks to all you guys for your time. And uh, thanks to everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Yep. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to made for agriculture, email comments and questions to podcast at MFA dash Inc.com.